0: Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now, here are your hosts, Jacob Langsam, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, TJ Peterson. And joining us today, our friend from the Hockey News and WPLG Local 10, our friend, Mr. David Dwork. David, how are you doing tonight?
1: I am peachy. Always uh, always happy to to be hanging out with you guys.
0: I will assume that that is sarcasm, uh, and we will move on to a very important question that TJ and I have for you. We were talking about something earlier today, uh, and we would really appreciate your input. So
1: I'm afraid to ask.
0: There is uh there's a band. There's a <laughs> band out there. A pretty well known band. Uh with with some lyrics. And I, I I'm curious to know uh if if you would consider these lyrics to be emo. Uh the particular lyrics in question are I'm tired of screwing up, tired of going down, tired of myself, tired of this town. That's one. Uh, the second is quite simply, I'm too alone to be proud. You don't know how it feels to be me.
1: Are these emo lyrics? By definition, I believe the answer is yes.
0: Then congratulations, Mr. David Dwork. You are in agreement with me
1: that Tom Petty is emo. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, is emo straight lyrics? Because if we're just going to play that game, then you you can... You, you, to slippery slope. I think there is
2: there's some particular uh, you might be able to find think, like Barbara staples, Streisand's tropes, you emo
1: lyrics.
2: I, yeah,
1: Barbara Streisand's is...
2: pretty emo. Like I, I I feel like you could go like the Wu Tang Clan like play tears and be like Wu Tang Clan is emo.
1: No, that's the thing. Like if you if you want to play that game, like you know, if we're just just doing lyrics, then that's any almost anything.
2: So the I reason have that this came such up, a great teaser image for this now. The reason that this came up is that I'm going to the fest this weekend in Gainesville. And we were talking about the best bands to come out of Gainesville. And of course that conversation starts with Tom Petty. The fest is like a punk emo festival. So we were talking about if Tom Petty would be considered emo and I guess that he is. So there you go. It started all started back in uh, the seventies, I guess with Tom Petty. I mean, I'd love to hear like an emo remake of free falling that could be fun yeah we can make that happen we can that is not that implausible
0: <laughs> that said is. that is that is i think the only puri we had planned uh we'll see what tangents we get off on uh but let's talk about the florida panthers why we are all here in the first place um uh, we're in last panthers place, are uh, it's too early in the season for that to matter in fact currently i find that to be funny more than anything it's it's way too early to ring the alarm bells. Panthers are one and one since their last recording, the home victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who cannot seem to find an answer for the Florida Panthers. I pointed out on Twitter that their answer was supposed to be uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, the guy we had beaten right before them, uh, and Ryan Reeves, who always seems to leave a team right before they get good. Uh, so shocker that they still don't have a good answer for the Panthers uh, but the Panthers followed that up with an almost really exciting game that ended up being a loss to the Vancouver Canucks couple of bright spots. Uh, so far this week in particular, I would say Sam Reinhart, a uh, tremendous, tremendous upside out of Sam Reinhart so far to start the season, six goals, uh, in five games, something you would typically expect out of a contract year for a player of his caliber. Uh, David, I, I I'm curious to know what you have noticed uh Reinhardt or otherwise uh out of these last couple of games uh from uh from upstairs.
1: Well, first with Reinhardt, I mean it's great to see him like getting off to a good start, which is like the opposite of what he did his first two years with the Panthers. And he even kind of like uh, speaking after, I think it was after the loss, actually, to uh to the Knucks the other night. Uh, and somebody asked him about scoring two goals, which he had done for like the second time in three games. And uh, he was, you know, it's kind of given the typical answer you would get from a guy who just lost, but then he was like, you know, it, it is nice to, to be scoring right now. And he yeah, it's nice to be happening early for a change. And I almost missed it because it was such a fast little comment, but just to hear him say it it was like, eh. even he kind of acknowledges because Reinhardt has been incredibly streaky during his time with the Panthers and still by the time the year's over, the numbers are there. So it's like, all right, fine. You know, whatever it is, what it is. Um, if he can somehow put together a non-streaky season, like the way that he start, obviously he's not going to go out and score ninety-eight goals or whatever he's on pace for. But if he can just kind of avoid the lulls that we've seen, where he'll go like ten games without a goal, and then he'll score eight goals in four games, if he can just kind of stay consistent, I think you know we're going to talk. We're going to be talking like forty-goal Sam Reinhardt at one point. In terms of other observations, I've been pleased with with Bob so far. I, it's been better above the bar that I would have set. And Mm. I, you know, that's good. If he can maintain this kind of, and usually like Bob is another guy, you know, not to sound like a perfect segue there, but Bob, like Reinhardt is another guy who's, you know, throughout his career, slow starts. It takes him while to get going. Um, So if he's another one that if he's starting early like this, then, you know, we'll see what happens because, you know, good Bob is, uh, good.
2: It's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, uh. It's a, it's a difference maker. It's an impact player. You know, like it is going to determine whether or not they win games or lose games. He like won them the being, jersey game. You know,
1: yeah, Bob being above average will keep them from being like a, a teeter, wild card to division playoff team. If they get good Bob, yeah, we're talking. I would be talking division, like division competitive type stuff. If the if the Panthers get consistently good goaltending all season, yeah. Then that that's that's what my one big wild card is what's gonna happen with the goaltending. I expect it to be okay, but I you know I wouldn't go out there and just say I'm banking on the goaltending being a strength. I wouldn't say it's gonna be a weakness, but I wouldn't say it's gonna be a strength. If it comes out and actually is a strength, then holy cow, boys. Yeah. I'm excited.
2: Well, I, I feel like you could say this about any team, but it it's it's ups and downs with the Panthers goaltending so far that's only been Bob. He was phenomenal against the Leafs. He basically stole that game. The Leafs were the better team. It's not that they absolutely curb-stomped the Panthers and Bob made 60 saves, but he won them the game. Yeah. Like let's let's be frank. The star players for the Panthers didn't really show up. And the, I thought that Matthews looked really good. But um there's actually something to talk about that will contradict that in a minute, but Against the Canucks, he gives up four goals on 2.7 XG against, according to money. Against the Jets, he gives up five goals. And uh, I'll have to look up how many XG that was, but I would imagine it wasn't five. Now, they got outplayed by the Jets as well. But, you know, I I think it's interesting that both of these games are kind of a similar context where he's been strong the rest of the year. You can't put the Minnesota game on him. He didn't really let in any weak goals. Played very well against New Jersey, played very well against the Leafs, but two three games in five days, all that Bob started, that middle game against the Jets, he lets in the five goals, weak performance. Three games in six days, going from Thursday home opener, Saturday game against the Canucks to the Tuesday game against the Sharks, which he isn't going to end up starting, actually, which I this is part of the what I'm asking you about, I guess. But he, he had a weaker start in that game for sure. It's not all on his head. Everybody else, uh, you know, should be asking themselves why that, you know, as in terms of everything going on in front of the goalies, why they were playing the Canucks, who are not a playoff team from last year and are not expected to be a playoff team this year, on the second night of a back-to-back, are playing you probably better than Ty. The pro- they probably outplayed the Panthers a little bit and that bob is not responsible for that but going back to the question that i want to ask you um do you think that there's something to be said about that goalie start management maybe contributing to those weaker starts
1: uh, I, I mean you're speaking specifically for bob right not just like a generally goalie question yeah i, I think, think with, i think
2: that you could you could go either way with it
1: well with bob it's so hard like i'm I would go about like the traditional sense is what where I would put my baseline for this, but with Bob, he's anything but traditional in so many different ways, like the way that he trains and the way that he's able to recuperate and what he puts his body through on a Tuesday night game, let alone, you know, the, the, the finals and the playoffs and all that. Um, he's just a different beast. Um, so I think he actually thrives under those conditions mentally for sure. Physically, it's like that's where I think in and this might be where you're asking me, it might be where the where the coaching staff needs to kind of manage that a little bit, which could be what they're doing now. Paul Maurice spoke today about, you know, putting uh well today, what's today? Monday, right? D- yes. You guys aren't posting this Monday. Um, he spoke on Monday about about solar starting on Tuesday, but then also about the there's two huge like really tough parts of their schedule that they're gonna be leaning on both goaltenders, not just Bob. Early in the season, it's you know, every other game, a few games off in between, Bob has the opportunity to play. Uh, they're getting to a point now, and uh, I can actually pull up the schedule here while we talk about it. Um, where there's gonna be back to backs, there's gonna be road trips, there's gonna be like once the road gets into it, this the road schedule, the travel schedule, things change a little bit. I would like them to lean on Stolarz a bit more. Mm-hmm. I and I think he's and we don't know yet, but based off what I saw of him in Anaheim even last year when his numbers weren't as good, he's a solid goaltender. Will Bob yeah. benefit from that rest? I, that's, ugh, I like, I'm trying to come up with, like, a really logical <laughs> answer. And it's difficult just because, hey, every year has been different with Bob. Whether he hasn't had a year where he just ran. Um I'm just going back to last year. Like he got sick at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, he, he got, he got sick, he got hurt and then he got sick or whatever it was. Um, He was out, was he out in February uh, when Lion first got called up and he started a few games. Yeah. When uh, was that? That was, was on, definitely, it was,
2: yeah. It was later. a road Go trip ahead.
1: where they were like in Pittsburgh and Toronto or something I want to say, or Pittsburgh in New York. That sounds uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, there was the the Penguins game was where Lion like I think they lost him like like seven to six in a shootout. He played out of his mind, even though he yeah, he up still all the played goals very and,
2: well, even though he gave up yeah. six goals.
1: Yeah, no, that was it was crazy. Um, so yeah, like there's no real like anything like quanti- something quantitative quantitative to fall back on in this regard with Bob. So it's tough to say. Um, I, I just keep I go back to like all right, five games, three of them have been really I think above average. You, like, the Devils game, he gave up three goals, but if he he probably made so many saves above expected in those first two periods to keep it a 4 nothing game. Um, even, like, yesterday or uh, Saturday against uh, yesterday, – I'm so off with my days. Saturday against uh, Vancouver. Uh, like there was a couple snipes in there, but it wasn't like the typical frustrating Bob game where the yeah. Panthers would lose, like, a game like that, where he's given up goals and you're like, oh, geez, those didn't go in or, you know, a bad rebound. And that's another thing, the rebound control. Has been better than usual, which is something that I'm usually very like hard on him about, and that's been better. So I, I don't know, guys, to see him playing like this early in the year. I just it's better than usual. So if they manage it starts to a point where he's able to excel on a regular basis, and if Stollars plays well enough uh, that they can feel comfortable giving Bob the night off, then you know it, it could it could get interesting.
2: So Anthony Stollars makes his Panther debut tonight. David, you're also a goalie, obviously not at the same level as Anthony Stolarz, but you but are he's a goalie. little taller than me. You know the position very well. <laughs> as a as a goalie nerd, what are you looking forward to analyzing about his game?
1: Um, uh, seeing him in a game setting is what I'm looking forward to yeah. most because I've seen him a lot in a practice setting for the last month now, and I you know I've seen how he how he is technically he doesn't have a lot of wasted movements. He knows how to use his size. As I kind of just mentioned, he's massive, massive goaltender. He's like six, six or whatever he is. He's a big man. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see how he moves in the situations that you're not expecting in practice. You know, there's a two on one coming. There's a three on two coming, you know, you're dealing with a power play. Uh, Yeah, I just that's what I'm excited to see, you know, the little things, how he interacts with the referees. You know, does he have any silly little tendencies of tapping his pads with a stick or anything like that? Like, You know, in addition to obviously watching him play, uh, there's all these little things that goalies that we look at about each other and then we check out. So, yeah, it would be nice to see him in a game setting and start kind of having having a baseline to compare to moving forward.
0: Just before basically just before coming on with us, uh, you actually put out an article on the Hockey News uh, about Stolar's uh, and his uh, his first start here with the panthers coming up uh what what in that conversation with Stolars uh gets a little tease so so people are also uh gonna click on the article
1: yeah there we go uh okay
0: to get towards the article <laughs> what, what have you heard from Stolars more uh, on a more personal level uh, that we should look out for
1: well and aside from speaking about you know it, how he keeps himself prepared to you know to play at his best when he doesn't start all the time. And the relationship that he's building with Sergey Bobrovsky, which I also spoke to Bob about, which is all in the story. Um, what he talked about off the ice was how much he just loves so far living down here, how he's just settled into his place. He is like visiting different restaurants out in Fort Lauderdale. He's, you know, just kind of walking around, enjoying it. And I mean, for a guy who it's not like this is so new to him. He spent the last four seasons playing yeah. in Franheim and San Diego um it's the San Diego goals are their AHL team you know I don't want people to screaming at me ah, San Diego doesn't have an NHL team um <laughs> but yeah so to hear him kind of talking up how nice the Fort Lauderdale area is just you know a little sense of local pride for us guys that are down here um but no really just he's a good dude we we talk football a lot he's a big hmm. NFL guy um so I find that when Dolphins we're just fan? kind of I don't think yet he you know he's not from here sir um Neither I, am I. <laughs> in terms of some, somebody up with the Panthers who's only down in South Florida because he's paid by the Panthers, who has become a huge Dolphins fan, is Bill Zito. Mm. Um, but no, Stolars is a huge New York Giants fan,
2: diehard Giants yeah, fan.
1: That's disappointing. He's from North Jersey. What do you? With, yeah.
2: I mean, he's. A, I see. I the, see Edison. I, New know, Jersey. I would expect him to be a Jets fan. Then I know. I know Edison, New Jersey. Oh. He's a goalie. That's Giants country. That's Giants country.
1: There you go. TJ throwing some geographical knowledge on the situation.
2: Central Jersey, baby.
0: As someone native to Long Island, fine. I was born I mean, into a Jets it's, family. It's, it's he says he's got a lot Jersey. of Jets
1: buddies though. His a lot of his buddies yeah, are Jets. I bet, yeah. But yeah, that, he uh if you if you want to know what he thinks about the Giants, we can get into that. But um <laughs> But no, I, I like you know me. Like I'm always chatting up the goalies, whoever's whoever's around, like I'm always happy to talk to them. But Storrs is just a cool guy. Like when I did a story with him uh during training camp about his gear, he's just like happy to let me play with his helmet or you know, try on his gloves or whatever. You know, we're talking about webbing for and you know, it, it's just the laid back dude, just, I mean, really guys, as we've seen this team get built over the last few years, every single player that gets put in that locker room is just a good quality, good character dude. Like there's yeah. no egos. There's no, you know, D bags, none of that. And I, you know, again, it just brought up Bill Zito, but just a testament to the team that he's put together, because it's just good people, man. Everybody's easy to talk to.
2: That's why they got rid of that locker room cancer, Mark pizzik
1: <laughs> yeah, he was awful. Oh, my God, the worst. I, I, wow, I, I, just, I was just talking to George George Richards and I were just talking about Pisser the other night, actually. Uh, just such a great mm. dude, you know, miss missed the Pissett guy. I,
2: I think he's going to get a few games here in Pittsburgh. We'll see how those go because he had that awful injury last year, yeah. which prevented him from playing at all.
1: Yeah, a few former Panthers are in Pittsburgh this year. You got
2: Colin White up there, too. Riley Smith <laughs> is also in Pittsburgh. Yes, he is. Can't forget about him. Ah,
1: I forgot about Riley Smith being in Pittsburgh. That's right.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting. They've got a wild team, but I think it's going to be very fun. No matter how it goes, I think it's going to be very entertaining. Mm.
1: It feels like uh, Eric Carlson is a former Panther just because of all the times he's been linked to the Panthers. David, I was going to say TJ
0: wishes that Eric Carlson was a former Panther on the Penguins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
2: maybe maybe they, in a few the, years the trade couldn't have worked this year. No. It just with the the money that's going to be on IR, not even LTIR. It just wouldn't have worked, but um, unless he can play
1: three positions at once. Well, I mean, he
2: has won three Norris trophies, so maybe he can. But um, Mm -hmm. a guy that I want to talk about who is in 62 minutes of five-on-five ice time this year, plus six six goals for the Panthers, none against, 72 percent expected goals, none against. I didn't realize that part. None against. This is, and also 37% offensive zone face-off percentage, which goes to show that he is starting way more of his shifts in the defensive zone. And this man is named Evan Rodriguez, who has been under the radar, fantastic for the Panthers so far this year. And him and Barkov have really been a dominant top-line combo. Uh, whoever's been with them has really reaped the benefits of playing next to those guys. And uh, it showed in that Toronto game, even though I thought Matthews had a very good game, uh, a lot of the damage that he did was not against those two. As you know, even though the Leafs had more of the play in that game, those two held Matthews in check. Like m- the opponent that he spent the time on ice, uh, most time on ice against, that isn't a goalie, obviously uh, Matthews and Marner, pretty much one and two. And they fared, fared very well in those minutes. Really, the only stretch of the season where they haven't been tilting the ice is that third period against New Jersey, where the Hughes, Brat, uh, Tofoli line were kind of shelling them. And that was, first of all, that's a phenomenal line. Yeah. You can't really blame them for getting a little bit beaten by that line. But also it was a game state situation. You know, those guys weren't gonna try to make a, a mistake and uh you know go for a, a rush or anything like that. But other than that, they've been absolutely dominant, and I wanted to give them their flowers, and I want to give you an opportunity to give them their flowers, David. Please say nice things about Evan Rodriguez.
1: Yeah, no, I mean he there's a lot of a lot of nice things that you can say. I mean, he's here for four years at a three million AAV, and we're oh, talking about God. him like this. Oh, I mean, God. we can start there. Um, the fact that we, were bar- we just got done talking about Sam Reinhardt and how good of a start he's off to, which is unique. And that Sam Reinhardt is playing well with Sasha Barkov, which is unique because neither of those things have happened in the last two years. And what's unique about both of those? Evan Rodriguez. So, yeah, I, there's, there's a lot to like about him. You know what else I really like about Evan Rodriguez? Which we haven't even seen out of him yet. And it, it could be one of the best parts of his game is his wicked one-timer. And once he starts unleashing that bad boy, uh, yeah, it's there there's a lot to like about him. He's he's an underrated player in the defensive zone. And it may just be due to the fact that he's a lot like Carter Hade and just that he's his tenacity is like on another level, like Ryan Lomberg, like just one of those guys that just doesn't stop when they're on the ice. Um, and when you combine that with the high-end offensive skill. And hockey IQ, I I don't understand how this how he signed a contract th- to be that good. Like how was not more money getting thrown at him? And kudos to Bill Zito for locking him down for four years because the game he plays, it's a sustainable game. As long as he takes care of his body, like he's not doing anything ridiculous other than playing to his strengths. So yeah, there's there's a lot to like about Evan Rodriguez, and and I'll leave you with this, you know, this little kicker, super nice guy, super nice guy. You know, he's got little kids. He's, you know, they are running around the rink. He's, he's getting acclimated to South Florida. Happy to talk to you in the room. He chats up everybody. Um, Just, yeah. I I feel like we say that about everybody. Don't we? Like just, yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, TJ, you can, you're going to have to give a lot of flowers out this year. I think for Evan Rodriguez, he's, he's legit he's our guy for yeah sure he,
0: he is he was uh, he was already the the 2023-24 uh Panther totem uh um, oh there you go yeah so we we will be patting ourselves on the back a lot uh on him he he's our guy from
1: this year <laughs> I would expect you to
0: yeah currently currently second on the team in points with seven only behind Reinhardt's eight uh, ahead of Barkov
2: and kachuk uh, I believe
1: Rodriguez has the primary assist on four of Reinhardt's
2: goals. Well, he's definitely got three primary assists uh, at five on five. He's got five or four. No, primary one of them assists is a power play year. goal. One of them is a power play goal for Reinhardt. Yeah, he's got one. He's got a. Uh, Reinhardt's goal got two power play in. goals.
1: One of them, Rodriguez was the primary, and one of them, Rodriguez didn't assist. I think it was like Barkov and OEL.
2: Yeah, that sounds right. Dmitry Kulakov has 3 assists. How about that?
1: Paul Maurice has been raving oh, about
2: Kulakov. You're all the way up here. He... No, I'm right here. Uh I
0: was looking for unevolving <laughs> hockey uh at their at their all strengths uh individual scores, uh individual scoring metrics and I'm scrolling down looking where is Evan Rodriguez on this list? I want to see where he ranks uh in the league in primary assists in all situations. Uh, I went too low. He's tied for third.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what did you expect? Come on. is four, right? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, this... just real quick, what I was just saying is I don't think anybody's written about it, but he's talked about it. It's like just Paul, Paul Maurice has been so happy with how Dmitry Kulikov has played. Now, I don't know what the bar is in, in Paul's head or Cooley, um, but, you know, because he coached him in Winnipeg and he's obviously seen a lot of him, but he just said he. That's right. Mo said of Cooley that he's mm-hmm. very he's healthy now. He's able to do a lot more, and he's just a reliable, So for what it's worth, uh, Paul Maurice has been very very happy with the play of Dmitry Kulikov. And aside from you know one or two you know penalties that you kind of eh, you know you're a little annoyed at, like his play has been yeah, pretty solid. You haven't, yeah, haven't been yelling at him or screaming at him. So.
0: No, I think he's he's more or less filled the role that you would expect him to fill. I wouldn't say he's exceeded that role. Uh,
1: That's what you asked of these guys in this right. situation.
0: Well, we we've been spoiled though because we've gotten so many guys that have so wildly exceeded the roles, like a Verhage, like a Rodriguez, I mean, like a Montour, like a Forsling, Josh Mahora. I mean, there's this giant list of guys that Bill Zito has picked up for the Panthers. That about have to add, so wildly exceeded their role that it's I'm weird to, it. to see someone to just fill it.
1: <laughs> Not even underachieve. Yeah. I again, I think that's just a testament to the front office. Man, like the Panthers went through a long enough period of their existence where, whether it was poor bad luck or poor management or poor decision making or whatever, um, but they've they've got it figured out now it's it's pretty awesome well we were talking the other the other day outside the odd room about Moneyball, and i was like who you know, who would be the billy bean of the nhl and i think it was jameson that was just real he he's like it would be billy and yeah like it, really so yeah it's pretty cool that the, you know panther fans suffered for a long time but
2: yeah uh one other guy though that i i want to highlight as a, a diamond in the rough uvis bolinskis i was very skeptical a guy coming out of the extra Liga at age 27, you'd never see this. But he's not only been functional, he's thrived on the third pairing with uh, Mahura. They've been very strong together. He's third on the team in expected goals percentage. Look, a big part of that is that he's being sheltered. But he's doing exactly what they expect of him, and a little bit more too. I mean, something that I just really hate about some depth defensemen is that you can tell that they've got like a list of instructions in their head, you know, like get it deep, hit the guy with the puck, glassing out. And that's just not him. Balinskis has a lot more to his game. And I think that he may even have a little more to offer. Uh, You know, God forbid there are more injuries on the blue line, but if there are, maybe he steps up and in the top four, we can see a little bit of some of that offensive potential. I kind of see it there.
1: Yeah. That's the thing that we haven't really seen uh, that he's, really good at is the offensive side of his game. I think, uh, and I think this is something that Paul Maurice has kind of talked about because he, just like the rest of us, like nobody really knew who Uvis Balinskis was yeah. Uh, outside of, you know, the guys who scouted him obviously and found him and brought him here. Um, but yeah, as the coaching staff kind of got to know him over the course of camp, it was like, okay, well, this guy, okay, he can play. And it's like, oh, wow, he's really good. And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, he's in the opening lineup. And oh, yeah, he's really playing, outplaying, you know, everything that we thought. So what's the next step? Because early on, you want to take care of your defenseman, especially like the last thing you want to do is stand out in the ice for the wrong reasons. I think as his comfort level grows, because I don't think it's a matter of being sheltered or anything. I think, you know, everybody is asked to play kind of similar roles on this team, whether you're on the fourth line or the fourth line, obviously expectations will be different. Starts will be different. Uh, But in terms of what, is asked of whether you're a center, whether you're a winger, whether you're a D man. I think everybody knows what they're supposed to do. And Balinskis, as he gets more comfortable, both playing North American hockey in general and in the Florida systems specifically, uh, I would not be surprised at all to see more of those offensive capabilities start to show through. I, I, I think we may, I could be wrong, but just based off what we've seen to this point and what he's done in his career, what Paul Maurice has said, what Bill Zito has said, I think we may just be scratching the surface on what balinskis can do and that's kind of exciting too so
2: that's another guy to keep an eye on he looks comfortable he already does
1: yeah that's That's the remarkable
2: thing that's what's what's really
1: impressive is like he's kind of got thrown in you know two feet first or whatever you know phrase you want to use and he gets thrown into this crazy training camp that nhl guys struggle with and just Got better and got stronger, and the harder things got, he just thrived and pushed through it. And that's kind of the sign of a guy that can make it in this league. Because some guys they get hit with all that and they have to take a step back, or and no, you know, no knock on it. It's just hard. And to see Bolinskas just kind of taking off, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, Balinskis I I'm
0: curious to see how much more he can grow. I know, I know, we love to see these guys who are green to the NHL, but. At 26 years old, how much more room really is there for his game to improve? Um You know, that that
1: I we love
0: finding our third-pairing guys out of nowhere, and it's obviously great to have them. It would be interesting to see how much more room there is for his game to improve at the
1: NHL level, though. Well, I, I, I have two words if I can remember them. Brandon Montour, when he finally had his breakout.
0: Fair point. Some players are just late bloomers.
1: Some guys are, you know, obviously very different situations, but if you're talking about the age thing, you know, a perfect example right there on your
2: roster.
0: We're not going to mention
2: anything about our reaction to that trade. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was open to it. If you go back, you'll hear me say, yes, he's got terrible results, but it's a third round pick. It's a roll of the dice. It might work. Yeah, it to did. be
0: fair, you would also hear me say, well, he was good in Anaheim and he just wasn't that good in buffalo maybe we get anaheim brandon montour instead turns out we didn't get anaheim brandon montour either we just got an entirely different brandon montour who was good it's it's weird
2: though cuz like he was he was good but he wasn't this until no the last season he like took a huge step up which goes to what david was saying about you know him being comparable to if uvis balinskis at 26 is going to take a step up and uh it's gonna be interesting because i you don't typically see these number six number seven type of guys be as dynamic you know as fast not only with his feet but with his hands not only have the north south speed but the lateral speed you just see a lot of things in his game that will translate if he's got the iq and nothing that i've seen suggests he doesn't have it yet
1: you know a, a test to see when the front office might be finally convinced that okay you know this is the real thing uh how long before he gets an extension offer because he's, you know, he's on a one-year ELC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. -hmm. So, you know, at at his age at this level, a guy that plays like that, you could probably lock him up for a few years on a pretty team friendly number if you're convinced. So that'll be something that I'll be keeping on, keeping an eye out for.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, all right. The KHL is better than the extra Liga, but you know, who else came over as like a 24, 25 year old uh, and he's had an all right NHL career. Mark Giordano. I'm talking about Artemi Panarin,
2: but oh. sure, Giordano. He played in in Europe for a while, I believe. And I thought you were I don't know the history the of Giordano defenseman. as much as I know the history. I of, I will uh, look it Artemi up, but Panarin. uh, he, but yeah, he totally <laughs> came over from the KHL. Yeah. Uh, Although there I are those
0: he... stories about Tarasenko, uh, after the Blues drafted him because Tarasenko and Panarin are the same age, they were teammates in Russia uh as teenagers. And the story goes that when uh, after the Blues drafted Tarasenko, he said, hey, this Artemi Panarin kid, take him too. And they didn't listen to him. And
2: then five years later, the Blackhawks get him for free. Yeah, Mark Giordano, 2007-2008, spent the whole season in Russia. Hmm. Did not know that. That's where I thought you were going. Any Anything else on Nuvis Belinskis, guys?
1: No, now you got me thinking about my my days calling KHL games. So I'm down a whole different <laughs> rabbit hole now.
2: Oh man, oh
1: man! Uh, that's a cool, cool man, I'm team. sure. I called the uh, the conference finals Shostakin versus Sorokin when they were in the oh, KHL. Wow, oh.
0: that's an awesome game to call.
1: That was a oh. series. That was, and that's like the two rivals too. The the two army rivals. So it was like
2: it was it's Scott, like the Red Sox and Yankees. The,
1: yeah, exactly. Um Awesome. So that, that, was, that was a fun year. Some, some crazy so names.
2: Cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, like, Sorokin, like, I was living in New York at the time, and, like, the buzz for Sorokin was very real. So that must have been amazing. Uh, I do want to move on, though, because uh, we only got a, a little bit longer of your time. So I, I just want to get your reaction, I guess, to um, the news that Justin sort of has been sent down to the AHL and your thoughts about his time and the whole like carousel of the 12th forward, maybe William Lockwood getting a look here.
1: With Sortif and with Samuskevich. I think a, it's awesome that the Panthers yeah. have two 21 year olds that are already even able to play, you know, re- reasonable NHL game that they're at that level already. Cause coming into the season, I would probably have said they didn't have anybody that was ready at that level yet. Mackie would have been the maybe, uh, Justin Sortif of was a big question mark just because like obviously he was great in the WHL, but a lot of guys are great in the WHL yeah, that go to absolutely the, that, up in the So so he gets and then he gets to goes pro last year. He gets hurt. He has a very rough year. He plays like half a season in and out of the lineup. So this to, to see the two of them at this level right now, it's it's awesome and it's a great thing. And I'm hopeful that we're gonna see both of them, you know, a few times more during the regular season. Right now, I think it's just a matter of where, where are they going to play unless one of them or both of them, whoever are making it where they have to be in a lineup where they're out there, you know, driving play and standing out, which what they've done at every level that they've played until now. So maybe they'll continue it, but they're not quite there yet. No. And, and Florida, I, I don't think they're a team that can just kind of give that, give that audition ice time. They're too good of yeah. a team to, to be there. And so, for the time being, let them go down there and play top six minutes, top power play time in in Charlotte. It's a very similar system. They already have familiarity with the coaching staff because they've already both played there last year. Um, Florida's got this guy, Jonah Gadovich, and I really don't know much at all about him, but I know that they're excited about signing him and that he's about to join this forward group with Kevin Stenland and Steven Lorenz. And these are all guys who like, you know, aren't the most, the biggest hockey names and are out here playing excellent in a system. And when I see that they get excited about a guy like Jonah Gadovich, I'm like, well, I am at least going to give them the benefit of the doubt and see how he performs in the Panthers uniform. Um, and then the teams also would like say they're getting back uh, Sam Bennett for uh, That's, yep. the Saturday game against uh, Seattle, which is, it's not a f- sure thing at this point, but it sure sounds like things are moving in that direction. Um, and then bringing the, both of those guys off of IR, uh, and adding that to the forward ranks, uh, Florida's going to carry thirteen forwards. That's kinda, that's what their sweet spot where they want to be. They don't want to be scratching multiple, especially because if they're scratching two guys, it's certainly not going to be. You know, even if you're scratching one guy, it's not going to be the rookies. Paul Maurice has made that abundantly clear. If they're up here, they're playing. If they're not playing, they won't be here. And yeah. right now, there's just no room for what they were offering. And I'm. Um, go ahead. No, and how much is it worth giving up that time to let them grow? And perhaps, you know, is it going to help the team? Is it going to hurt the team? I don't know. I think right now you throw your best, what everything, you know, your best cards on the table and you let your young guys grow. I mean, they're so young. I feel like I give you a really long winded answer,
2: but I hope <laughs> I, I got my point across. No, I mean, there's a lot to, you know, go through in. And uh, I would go back to what I said last week, and I I still believe it. You, You said the Panthers are too good, and I agree with that, but I also think they're not good enough. Like, they're not a Vegas. They're not a Colorado, not even a Toronto, where, like, I would put a lot of money down on not just each one of those teams to make the playoffs individually, but, like, a parlay with all three of them making it. And if that doesn't hit, I'll be stunned like those teams are getting in no question Panthers are not in that position I'm confident that they'll get in but I'm not certain and they shouldn't be certain the way the season started they haven't played poorly but like you two and three you know most of the teams in the division have more points and more points per game than them so you can't be cocky you know you have to treat every game like it's and you know not necessarily a playoff game but you're you're playing to get into the postseason, whereas those other teams that I mentioned, they're, it's more of a tune-up for the postseason for them.
1: Well, my my argument to you would be, who's Vegas missing? Who's Toronto missing? Whereas Florida is missing one of their E forwards. Yeah. And, and without even getting into the defensemen, because I think they can survive without the top D better than they can survive without a Bennett. So and, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying we don't know what they are. Whereas we you can say five, six teams into the season using that as your sample size, you got a really good idea of what Vegas is and what a really good idea of what Toronto is. Whereas you have we don't know what Florida is yet. We know that they're okay as they are right now, but as they are right now is not what they're going to be.
2: But that's so, a huge part of it too, though. Like but they're you about to survive the stress to where
1: they can be. They're getting yeah. back with that forwards. And that's where the question is do the rookies come in? Do the rookies not come in? Where's that room? Yeah,
2: it's it's the the age-old saying is you can't make the playoffs in October, but you can miss them in October, and that's basically what they got to avoid doing.
1: I thought that saying was derived in South Florida, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like that's (laughs) been that's been so to the Panthers for so long. It's been poor starts and it's games in hand. If there's anything that Panthers fans are like traumatized by, it's those two things. But yeah, I mean. TJ, I think we're going to have to have this conversation again in a month and kind of see where they're at.
2: Uh, but, yeah, I think yeah. I think they'll be somewhere between the uh, the seven and the ten spots because this will be where this will be before the guys come back. Yeah, so they'll they'll be on that playoff bubble at that time, and that should be a pretty comfortable spot for them because then when they get the defenders back, if they don't miss anybody else significantly, like if Barkov is still healthy at that time. Verhage, Reinhardt, Kachuk, etc. They'll be in good position. Yeah, Um,
0: I'm not personally particularly high on Jonah Gadovich, but I am extremely open to be proven wrong. If he's just
2: a taller Sam Bennett at the end of the day, sure, sign me up. I mean, that's not going to be the expectation, though. The expectation is Lomberg, I would say.
0: I, I mean, stylistically, more so than
2: like all okay. the way quality wise. Okay. Yeah. Like, let's not put next. No, I'm not, I'm not
1: expecting
0: expectations Jonah on Jonah. To pop off
2: for like a 25 goal season. I think, I think that the most, the player he can be compared to the most in the league right now is Ryan Reeves, which is, you know, damning with faint praise. David, tell us what you're working on for the hockey news for local 10 in your life, whatever you're doing where you'll be tomorrow for breakfast, lunch, dinner.
1: Oh, all right. Um, I'll start with tomorrow. I'll be at the morning skate. Um, in life, I'm hoping to raise my kids not to be assholes. Um, and what am I working on for the hockey news? I mean, right now it's like churning, churning out everything, man. Uh, today there was uh, a story on Sam Reinhart's hot start, Reinhart being third star of the week for the NHL last month. Uh, stole our story, sort of. We've... I, it, so much stuff. I've been inundating myself with Panther stuff for, for a a lifelong follower of the team. I have never been more consumed with Panthers in my life. And it's, it's awesome.
0: Well, David, thank you so much for giving us some of your time tonight. We'll let you go uh, finish up some of that other work that you've got going on. A couple things more important than, uh, than us. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for jumping on with us and we'll see you soon.
1: Uh, my pleasure fellows. Take care. See you at the bar. Uh, Good night.
2: All right. Thanks again to David Dwork for joining us. And, uh, sorry to David Dwork for taking up uh more time than we told you we would but uh yeah I uh I think that going back to I didn't really want to put you know David in the spot where he has to be right next to me as I say this but like Justin sort of is definitely not in the show ready like that third line just got pummeled when he was on it <laughs> so it's unfortunate that he's not ready to go and I mean the I was very surprised that he was on the team to begin with so like you know, it's not like he is disappointing me in terms of my expectations. I kind of thought that this is what was going to happen, but uh, the AHL will be a good spot for him. And uh, it's it's where Mackie Samuskevich is right now. And hopefully he'll be encouraged by the time that he is spending the show. It'll be a carrot dangling in front of him. We've seen it kind of be the opposite with players before. Uh, so we'll just have to see how it goes. Uh, and speaking of the AHL, Sorry, Josh Rappel. You can turn the podcast off right now. But <laughs> I'm sure that people will be interested in in hearing about how some guys are doing in the AHL. You know, given that Mackie Samuskevich and Spencer Knight are currently there. Uh, so let's bring up what happened over the weekend. Kind of a, a couple of high prof- profile games. It was it was a it was a little bit surprising to hear uh, 32 thoughts talk about the checkers on their last podcast, but they did. Uh, they, they didn't bring up the game in which Spencer Knight played and made uh, 29 of uh, saves on 31 shots on goal in a 3-2 checkers win. Uh, a couple of other notable things that happened in this game. Mike Benning, first professional goal and point on the power play, tied it up at two in the second period. Uh, Lucas Carlson also scored. Mackie Samuskevich got his first point of the year in the AHL. And Santu Kinanen recorded his fifth assist of the season. Pretty good start for him. He has uh, six points in the first four games of the year. He got another point in the next Santa game. A... Has
0: six points in four games?
2: That's correct. Huh. So it's a very How good start know? for him. Seventh
0: round pick or sixth? Uh, I think seventh. I know it was super late. Weren't there
2: two Canoons in the same draft? And didn't we get it, both of them? He's uh He's 24. So not necessarily like, uh, you know, the same as Samuskevich in terms of the unrealized potential, but like you definitely want to see him killing it like that. And he is. So that's fab- fabulous and um, might be another guy to think about in terms of this blue line, because right now that'd be cool. A lot of a lot of guys have the potential to step up and, t- and take a spot there. And, uh, and joining us now, guest. special
0: guest co-host, Alex Lopez. Alex, how are you doing tonight?
3: Remember when I said I did a thing, guys? No, I actually don't oh
0: remember my that at
2: all.
3: Hi,
0: guys.
2: So for, for those of you who are listening to our podcast, which does not have video. Don't worry, I'm about to tweet this picture. Alex is wearing a what seems like a perfect replica of uh, the Beezer's mask from 96. Is that not it?
3: It is not a replica, guys. Oh, my God. Excuse me? It is not
2: game warm. This is not a replica, guys. Wow. All right. Well, that says it all. I don't even need to comment.
3: I was hoping Dwarf was still here, but I guess
2: I missed him. You did just miss him, but we had a couple of uh, extra points we wanted to hit. All right. Yeah, mainly the the AHL stuff. Uh, Good to see Spencer Knight put in another quality performance. He's given up four goals now on, you know, something like 70 shots. So uh, maybe not that many, but like 60, 50, something like that. Definitely above 900 save percentage. Uh, Checkers are two and two, whatever. That doesn't matter. We just care about the prospects. Uh, So good to see Mike Benning get his first goal. Good to see Mackie Samiskevich get another assist, because I don't think that's his first in the HL, but first of the season.
0: All right, Alex, we're going to give you 60 seconds to run down all of your insights from this week before signing off.
3: Um, I did actually. not see the Vancouver Canucks game, so I can't give you any insights there. Though I heard we played mediocre. Um, the goal song is not great. Oh uh,
0: yeah, that is a thing we have to talk about. Holy shit, the goal song is bad. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, it's not good. It's not even like an "I'm sweetness. not used to it yet" thing. It doesn't follow. Any of the rules that I established, you could argue that it follows the participatory rule, but it doesn't when it's like three words one time or whatever. Like, no, no. it's it's
3: it's multiple times. The only one who's heard it live, you hear "Go Cats Go" multiple times. But that's not even a chant that we do as a team. We did "Go Cats Go" crowd. We're a "Let's Go
0: Panthers" crowd
3: right like there was there was a time years ago where they tried to make go cats go and sing, and it didn't catch on um either way, it's not good, it's very monotone, which doesn't work for a goal song at all like like literally, there was no reaction to the goal song like it was people cheered because the the goal happened, and then like it was just kind of the goal song playing, and then like a few people still like clapping and whatnot. It was not great.
0: Uh, A particularly... I don't want to... Whatever the hearing version of eagle-eyed is, uh, a particularly eagle-eyed fan uh, pointed out... I don't think that works because... Hawk-eared? Sure. I I don't think hawks are known for their hearing either. Hawks are also known for their vision.
2: Um, Elephant-eared?
0: They're just big. Are they known for having good hearing? I think they are.
2: Whatever, I mean, someone really pointed
0: out uh, on my Twitter. I'm trying to scroll through it and find it because I would love to give them the credit they deserve. Um, but Blink 182 released a new album uh last week, and I know that that is short notice to release, uh, to, to choose a new goal song. Uh, but there's a song on that album that would actually make a phenomenal, phenomenal goal song. Uh, the song is called Dance With Me, and the chorus to Dance With Me by Blink-182 uh, would be a really, really great goal song. Uh, the the Twitter user hey. is Howard Myonis. I hope I said your name right. Uh, apologies if I didn't, but Howard, if you're listening, yeah, Dance With Me, phenomenal choice for a goal song if you even want something more. Uh, more modern or more just current than either of my prior suggestions.
2: And it goes back yeah. to Alex's suggestion. It even has the Spanish, the ole, 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 ole. It does.
3: You could have done Ricky Martin with the ole, ole, ole.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: but Blink-182 is more fun.
3: Yeah, um, yeah it, it's just, but like, back, instead of the what is, we got into what, what they talk have right now. Have, it's, it just doesn't work. Like, we
2: no. are waiting for next year in terms of goal song appreciation. That's just the simple Truth.
0: I don't know. There's precedent for changing the goal song mid-season. Is there?
2: What? Who well, did that?
0: Ryan lomberg did it.
2: Well, okay, but that was an individual Toronto's goal did. songs. Toronto's
3: doing it.
0: <laughs> okay, That's but that true. was Toronto. We literally did a whole segment last week about how Toronto has like four different goal songs.
3: Well, yeah, that but no, but like, literally one, one of their choices they had to get rid of because of the controversial lyrics. Which is oh, not. They're not going to play it. that
2: again, huh?
3: Yeah, yeah, they're not doing it again. I mean, no. again. There's nothing controversial about the choice. It's just not good. It's not fun. No, it's it's not. It, it, it It's unfortunately a miss. And when you're going to do a custom goal song, you can't miss and you need to beta test it. And they did. I believe
2: they, they
0: did beta test. it. Is the problem. I believe they used it during the preseason. During
2: the preseason.
3: Right. But like preseason in front of a couple hundred fans or a couple thousand fans. That's a beta and, test, Alex. Yeah, but did what they else do you, to what the,
0: Would you rather them tested it in the playoffs?
3: No, but... When, what, when's but the you, other opportunity? But my point is, did you go to those fans and be like, hey, if this was the goal song, True. what do you think? Just because you played it doesn't mean you got like... Did you have people paying attention to the reaction to the song? Because if you... I mean, did, you'd have to argue that when it was played in the preseason, it got a great reaction and people loved it. And then for whatever reason on opening night, it thudded.
2: There's precedent. I mean, Team PR asked us what we thought of sweetness. So the, clearly, like this is something that they're, you know, oh, you they've been hunting
3: them. for a goal song of their own for a decade now. It's not easy. It's not. It but is. this was a mess.
0: <laughs> That's the problem.
2: It's easy it's, to not do
0: this. Oh well. I again, we all picked out goal songs that would have been good choices. I, I mean at what point would you guys best, have but... actually
2: been like, you know, knocking it down the doors demanding that they change it from sweetness? Never and I'm not trying to get hung up on sweetness, but like there's been a few goal Never. songs. Sweetness that was had. a good goal song. They've had a good they've had a few good goal songs throughout the years. This is not a good goal song. The the dropkick Murphy's song from like twenty seventeen. I thought that was a good goal song. Personally, wasn't a fan of that one just because of how strong the Boston connotation is with them. I know Jimmy Eat World aren't from Florida, but like you don't think of Arizona when you think of Jimmy Eat World the same way you think of Boston when you think of Dropkick Murphy. That's fair. Yeah, know, but but the song
0: itself was fun. It's it was
2: engaging. It was yes. exciting. Yes.
3: The, 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 pro- the problem is that the Panthers have had good goal songs for a while. They've never. Since Rock and Roll Part Two, they have not had a great goal song and they keep getting rid of good searching I mean, for bring with that. <laughs> okay, either way. Sweetness was a, was a great goal song. Okay, it was great. Then for for whatever reason they perfect. decided to move they're on. They're looking from. for perfect. Right. They're looking for perfect, which I understand I'm fine with, but you struck out on this one and you're better off moving like just quietly moving on. Yeah, I know. The, the artist did, did something custom for you, even though he really didn't have to do too much because all he really added was go, Cats, go. Um, but it,
0: it is worth noting that this was the DJ responsible for Aaron Eckblad's personal goal song last year. Yeah. So and, there, and, there was that connection already.
3: Right. But it missed. It didn't work. And they're honestly better off just letting it fade away and picking something else. for Even if they go back to sweetness for their year as a placeholder and try again next year. But, like, this was a miss. Like, just don't make us go through a season of this, guys. (laughs) It just felt so flat. You guys will see it when you go to a game and they score and, like, the energy just dies after about 45 seconds after the goal because the song just doesn't work. Like, literally, by the time the puck was dropping after the goal, the crowd was, like, back in their seats. And this was a packed house against Toronto with, like, maybe 5% Toronto fans in attendance. Yeah. It, it, didn't, it didn't work. Like, you guys will see when you go to a game, yeah. there's just no end. Like, the energy dies when the song comes on.
2: A little bit unfortunate, but we'll see. If they change it, I'm, I'm, I can live with, you know, not having a great goal song. That's life. You know, I wake up in the morning and that's not the number one thing on my mind. Oh, for sure. So I want to move on, you know, in the spirit of that. And uh, the I think this is going to be the last thing we talk about unless something else comes up. Uh, I'm interested for y'all's opinions on what the NHL is doing tomorrow with the 16 games. Love and it. Staggered starts. Red zone. You planning on tuning in? You looking forward to it? Can't wait. Yeah.
3: I've been dying for an NHL version of red zone. Everyone who tries something like this sees success. College baseball does it during the um, College World Series.
2: Oh, yeah. The spot player or whatever. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal.
3: Yeah. The NHL, like like every – I mean, obviously, McDavid's not playing tonight, but the perfect world is if McDavid's on the ice, you go to that. Mm -hmm. Anytime the team's on a power play, and when a team scores a goal, you go and show it quick. This is something that like needs to be happening once a month or you don't have to have all 32 teams. Maybe do, you know, instead of 68 or eight games, eight games on at a time gives you plenty of content. Octobox is a thing. Like, yeah, this and I mean, it's been... just two and a half hours instead of five. Right. This is something that should have been done years ago. The Red Zone channel is so popular. It's football crack. And hockey lends itself to it in just the same way. Like, why did it take so long? I'm so excited for this. I'm going to have that as my main screen tomorrow night and the Panthers game as my second screen experience because we're only going to get this one time this year unless it goes really well. And I want to see it and I really hope it works.
2: Me too. I think you said it perfectly. Like, every sport that's done it, it works. Yeah. Uh, Germany has actually had this with the Bundesliga apparently for a while, and they brought it to the states. ESPN Plus has it now, and it's fun. I don't love what the Premier League does. They just showed like one game, except if there's like a big moment in another game. I would prefer they switched around more. But you know, whatever. Uh, Red Zone's perfect. Other sports have done similar things, and I've I've loved it too. So hopefully this will work just as well.
3: Yeah, I really hope it works, and I hope I hope it works, and I hope we get this at least once a month.
2: Yeah, so I, uh, it starts at 6 o'clock. I don't think it's going to be on ESPN until 7. But then you got it for the rest of the night up until an 11 p.m. Eastern time puck drop in Vegas. Let's do it. Yeah, hell yeah. And on that note, we're looking forward to Hockey Crack tomorrow. Yeah. Greatest right, five stars on Dat Pith or Go Puff, one of those. Those are two wildly different things. They are. They just have similar sounding names.
0: They sure do have one syllable followed by a second syllable that ends in a double F sound. Good night, everybody. Go Panthers.